Hey, welcome to the Outside Church in Port St. Lucie, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out. Hope it encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Excited to preach this word, amen, and I pray that this word, amen, resonates in your heart and it, it may stir up the spirit of the Lord inside of you and something begins to change in your life. It's just it's a matter of life and death, and I believe that this sermon might not cause you to clap a lot, but it will cause you to reflect on where do you stand in the Lord. We have to understand that we are living in end time season where the second coming of the Lord is approaching, and we need to be aware of what's happening not only globally in the world, but what does the word of God says. And I believe that prophetically in Revelation, many of the signs... Hallelujah, that God has a, uh, has given and written down, amen, for your privilege to understand and, and kind of like uh, a gauging point of to know, hallelujah, if God is near or not, hallelujah, it has alerted us, if you read it, that he is near, amen, he is near more than ever, and we as a church has to come together and arise and awake, I believe that the church is sleeping and the church is not awake, amen, when I say the church, I'm talking about each and every one of us, many of us, amen, have lost time, in things that does not matter to God or, or waste our time in things that, that do not edify or will not help you in what God has designed for your life. And it's time for you to realign yourself to the will of God. If we are not operating in the will of God, nothing that you touch will be will prosper. If you are not operating under the covering of the anointing of God, I don't care how wise or knowledgeable you have or what you have in your bank account. If the Spirit of the Lord is not with you you cannot do anything God said without me you can't do anything so the first thing that you're supposed to do is what I supposed to do is the will of the father I'm asking the church right now are you obeying God are you living humble are you living under the covering of the Holy Spirit or are you living on your will your desire are you living what God has designed or desire for your life the question is do you know the will of God for your life and I remember, amen, that there's so much distraction in the world, so much things happening that, that stirs us away from the will of God. Amen. There is pain, there's destruction, there's lack, there's famine, there's so much stuff happening. And we are so entertained and engaged with so much social media and so many things that are distracting us from the will of God that we have lost our purpose and we have lost, amen, the passion and we have lost, hallelujah, the sensibility to the word of God. We have lost the first love. I see people here looking at me like I'm crazy, but there are people here that don't have the first love anymore. They're not in love with God. Not one tear will come down even under the anointing of God because their heart has become like stone heart. But I come to tell you, God wants to change your life today because the end time season is approaching and God wants your name to be written in the book of life. Oh, a lot of people do not preach about this, but I come to tell you, you got to get holy. You got to sanctify yourself. Church, wake up right now. Hallelujah. Church, will rise up right now. Church, take this serious. We can't play church anymore. And I remember, hallelujah, when, when I grew up and I, and I had issues with this for many years because I did not understand why my father, amen, who is a pastor to this day at 84 years old, amen, has been pastoring for 56 or 57 years, amen, and still on fire for the Lord, still covered by the anointing of God. And this man has so much testimony that it's like he can write three books, amen, of how God has blessed him and covered his, his, his life. And not only his life, every children that he has 
past, hallelujah, produced, amen, have been blessed by the Lord. Why? Because we are living under the pact, under the covenant, and the, hallelujah, the covering of the Holy Spirit because of his sacrifice. So if you want to be blessed, you got to sacrifice yourself. And we are living in such a time that people don't want to sacrifice for the kingdom, but they sacrifice for the other world. Come on, somebody. We are willing to sacrifice some carnal things, amen. But we don't want to sacrifice ourselves for the will of the Father. And I, and I wonder, and I said, why did my father, I had issues because my father never wanted to go to a basketball game for me, with me. He never wanted to go to a, 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 an event that I had at the school. He, would, he wouldn't take us to Six Flags Great Adventures. And all of these things sound like, amen, that's not a sin. But he had priorities. Say with me, priorities. And as a child, he was stirring me to the will of God. He was telling me, literally, me, literally, I learned at 52. Now that I'm dissecting this and understanding, and I had issues with this, I'm like, Dad, you got to balance this. My dad didn't have balance. Or every year, I've been saying, my dad didn't have balance. And we preached at a church. We got to balance. We have to balance our life. And, and I got a revelation a few minutes ago that if balance is this, It's even. Who said God? Who said God wants you to be balanced? Who said God wants you to be even with the world? The balance got to be tilled. Seek first. God, come on. So we got to remove that word balance. Seek first. The will of God. Come on. Seek first the will of God. That balance has to change. Amen. You got to change the weight. Come on. Hallelujah. What's more important to you? The things of the world or God? So I understood now at this age that, that the reason why my father was, was so rigorous about the building a foundation in my life was for I could be standing here today. With all the storms and temptation. Many young people are weak because their parents never taught them what was a priority. Come on. And they fluctuate and they are tempted and they lead to the world because their parents themselves has, has shown them they're more important on the things in the world than God. They are, they are able to negotiate and, and exchange the things of God for the things of the world. And their children see that and they say, oh, then, then God is not important. Let me go this route. Come on. What are you teaching your children today? Come on. So any time that I needed to find my father, whether it be 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, I knew where to find him. Every day, you might be saying he's, he's uh, oversaved. There's a word that says oversaved. I'd rather be oversaved than hell. He was oversaved. But you know why? He knew the secret to success. God has given him millions of dollars, properties all over. Thousands of souls has come to the Lord because he sought the will of God first than anything that the man can offer him. Every day he was at church at 3, at three o'clock in the afternoon, at 4 o'clock. I knew where to find him, amen. He was on his knees. And right now we have people in the church that don't know how to pray, amen. They don't know how to seek the presence of God, seek the face of God. Come on, you can praise him now, amen. We know church, but we don't know how to live church. In Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I want to title this sermon, When. How many have a when in their mouth? When are you going to do it, God? When am I going to see your glory, God? How many have a when? When? When are you going to open the door? Come on, how many have a when? I had a when. Come on. When are you going to do it, Lord? 
Well, God has a word for you today. Jeremiah, Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. You want hope? You want a future? Seek God first. Seek the Lord with all your heart. This is one of the problems that we have. We're not seeking God with all our heart. We have been divided. And we have to wake up, church, because we are losing time. And the Spirit of God was convicting me and saying, the church is dead right now. Although they look alive, they're dead because they are divided. Their hearts are divided. They are willing to negotiate the presence of God for other things. And God is saying, I'm coming soon. You better wake up, church. You better wake up. I'm coming soon. I believe that the angels already had the trumpet and it's about to sound. Are you ready to go with the Lord? Jesus said in the Sermon of the Mount, in Matthew 6, 33, he said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the things will be added to you. Jesus was telling the people, you, you want things, you want to be blessed, seek me first. How many know that we easily exchange God for something else? How many, how many, how many know that we can say, God, you can wait, but we don't want to wait for him? Come on, let's be real. How many know that we can tell God, you can wait? It's no problem. I can drop my assignment. I'll pick it up tomorrow. How many know that that's danger? You're playing with fire. You might get burned. Come on, somebody. How many know that every action and everything you do is being written in the, in the, in the, will of, in the book of life? That God is, is, is having a report about your life. How many know that we have a purpose and you can't find that purpose because you, have, you don't know how to pray? I tell the church that if you, if you don't find your purpose to the day, then you're not a prayer warrior. You want to know what's your, what the will of God? You're 30 years old, 40 years old, you're 15, you're 20, and you've been praying, and you've been to church all the day, every day, and you don't know your purpose? Pray. If you don't know your purpose, you don't know how to pray. Come on, somebody. It is unfortunate that some people often do not seek first the kingdom of God. And, and we are living in, in such a time that this word is not preached, and, and it's so much, it, it's, we're, 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 we're living in a fine line. The Jeremiah 29, 13 says, seek me. You will seek me and you will find me. And when you seek me, you will find me if you seek me with all your heart. Many of, people, many of us are lost and you're wondering why lost. you're lost because your heart is not for God. You have lost the first, the first love. You have lost the first love. How many, how, many, how many are praising God and loving God like the first day they met the Lord? How many, how many, how many wanted to, how many, how many people you wanted to save when God uh, saved you? How many people you wanted to impact and share the good news because God delivered you and turned your life around? Where is that passion? Where has it gone? Where is the love? Where is the devotion? Where is the separation? Where is the, the, the integrity? Where is your priority in the Lord? Where is it? I saw the Lord the other day that if, if, if the photography thing that I'm doing is out of your will and it's stealing from your will, I will, I will put it on Facebook market and sell it for cheap. I don't care how much money I invested in that, it needs to go. Come on, somebody. Anything that, that, that steals me from the presence of God and the will of God, I don't care how much I, I'm engaged. I don't care how much I love to do it. If it's out of the will of God, I don't want it. Touch a neighbor, I don't want it if it's out of the will of God. Because if out of the will of God, I won't be blessed. It won't prosper. I'm wasting my time. I need first to be in the will of God. If I'm walking and stepping in the will of God, everything I touch will be blessed. He said, I will bless you going in and I will bless you 
going out. It's a two-way. I bless you going in and I bless you coming out. Hallelujah. Can anybody can testify? I've been blessed because everything I do, I submit it to the will of God. God, here's my plans. Here's my plans. Bless it, Lord. It means that you got to pursue God with all your heart. And this is, this is the, when I talked about my father, I'm saying that it requires sacrifice. It wasn't that, 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 that basketball was a bad thing. If, it's, if basketball is stealing me from the will of God, then it becomes a bad thing. Come on. Jesus said a very important discussion in, the, in, in Matthew 6, 20, 25, 35, and he was dealing with trusting God. Do we trust God? Reasons are given, and God is saying that all basic need for your life is covered by the Lord. If you are in the will of God and living under the covering of God, all your needs will be met by the Lord. He said that if he can feed the birds, amen, the birds do not plant, the birds do not harvest, and each one of them eat every day, how much more my sons and my daughter will be blessed. Hallelujah. Come on, come on. You got to realign your priority in the Lord. He said, I will bless you. I will keep you. I will keep you safe, and I will bless you. Anything you're looking for other than the will of God will hurt you. Verse 25, he said, do not be anxious about your life. What will you, what will you eat or what will you drink? Nor about your body or what will you put on? If not life more than food and body more than clothing. He's telling you don't worry about the small stuff. Come on, touch your neighbor and tell him don't worry about the small stuff. God can take care of all of your things. Come on. God can take care of your business. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on. How many believe that right now? Come on. De declare right now. I'm struggling. I don't know what to do. God is saying, are ah, you saying when God? God is saying, don't worry about it. I got control of that system. I got control of your business. I can bless you coming in. I will bless you going out. Everything you touch, I'll be blessed. Amen. Hallelujah. He says, I will. So it is the vanity of, of life. It is the vanity of life that has many distracted from the will of God. It is the vanity of life. I want to become this. I want this. I need this. And when God, and God is saying, is that important to me? Why are you here in the, in the world? I said to somebody the other day, the only way, the only thing that I, the only reason I believe that I'm still alive is because God is using me. Why would I be alive standing before you if God doesn't need me? If he's the one that gives lies. Why will God keep me living if, he, if I have no purpose for his will on earth? So if you have this detached yourself from the will of God, maybe you have cut your, your life short. Reconnect because that's where, that's where the light source is at. So think about that. Why does God need you here right now if you don't preach his word? If you don't evangelize, if you don't impact nobody, if you have gifts that you have put away and you are a worshiper and you don't, know how, and you don't want to sing, you are a musician and you don't want to play, you are a deacon and you want to exercise your gifts, amen. Why would God want you in the church? Why would God keep you alive, amen? Come on, come on, you got to understand this, amen. The only reason, who keeps you alive? Who wakes you up in the morning? Who, who gives you the breath that you're breathing? Only God, amen. And if you want to be on his good side, you better say, God, here I am. Hallelujah. All of me is yours. Come on, say all of me is yours. He told me, church, tell the church, awake from your slumber. Awake. Reprioritize yourself into my will. Because we are so distracted about how can I make it? How can I do this? How can I do that? 
Is that really important? All of that. PJ had a friend, has a friend that the other day woke up, amen. He's a, a, a associate pastor in Stewart, and we all been praying for him in the chat, amen. Overnight, he wakes up, amen. He, got, he has a stroke. Now he has bra- uh, um, blood in his brain. He might not make it. We're praying for a miracle, amen. He has children. He has a wife. He had plans on the table. So much goes to me, amen. But right now, he, his life depends on whether God will heal him or not, or his time has come to be before the Lord. And guess what? Each and every one of us, whether you like it or not, who have to give an account to the Lord. Hallelujah. Every The Bible says that every word that comes out of your mouth, God will hallelujah, give, hallelujah, will ask you why. Come on. You think this is a game? You think this is church and just playing around? Each one of us will be before the Lord. And he did not know that, yes, that, that day was, that was going to happen. Do you know if you're going to wake up tomorrow? Do you know if the trumpet will sound right now? And you playing church? Matthew 16, 26 says, For what will profit it a man if he gains the whole world? That means wealth, fame, and success, but forfeit his soul. Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? My question today is, what have you given in exchange for your soul? What have you compromised in your life? What door has you, have you opened to accelerate something carnal and not spiritual? What has the enemy asked you of our soul? Satan himself, let's call him by name. What has he offered you? What apple has he given you? That you have exchanged your purpose for a temporary fix. You see, Saul of Tarsus was a man on a mission and he had a mission and he felt and he thought that he was in the will of God and he was just persecuting the church and and he he thought really he really was convinced and that he was doing the will of the father that he was doing God's business and he's killing and persecuting the church amen and 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 God confronted him and God hallelujah paralyzed and stopped him his mission hallelujah hallelujah killed his mission amen and blinded him and I come to tell you just because it looks good and you think you're doing God's will doesn't mean it's God he thought that he was convinced that he was in the will of God just because you think that what you're doing is the will of God that God really said is his will but I come to tell you that if you operating in that fashion God will stop you because he loves you he will stop you he will blind you amen because hallelujah he needs to change your mind change your life amen some people right now God is hallelujah stopping you right in your track you want to pursue this and God's saying it's not my will it's not my will. Who am I preaching to? It's not my will. And it's funny how God will send the same people, the very people that you persecute, the very people that you talk about, the very people that you gossip about to save your life and give you sight again. God sent the same person that he was after to kill, one of the same people he after the, to kill to bless him. Amen. Come on. How many know that God is a God of mystery? God is a God of miracle. God will do things that, that will blow your mind. Amen. The people that, you, that you're talking about are the very people that will bless you tomorrow. That's why you got to sip it and hallelujah and pray for them because you don't never know who's going to stand by you in the midst of the storm. You never know who's going to lift up your hands when you need it the most. It can be your enemy. And matter of fact, the Bible says that he will cause your enemy to prepare a table. 
God said, I will take your enemy and they will prepare a table before you. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Saul had his own wrong priorities. Say with me, wrong priorities. Which he was certain it was God's will. And I come to tell you that priorities independent of God's will blind you to the will of God. Priorities that are not of God will blind you to the will of God. God had to literally blind him in the natural. I wonder how many are blinded in the natural. Just because of God's love. You know that, that he said you can't do anything without me. See. Lot, Lot's wife, he, she, she, she had a divided heart. She wanted the things of the Lord, but she also wanted the things that she left behind. You can't have both. I'm telling you, church, you better wake up. We can't have both. There's some people right here in this church, in my church, that want to have both. Can't have both. When I talked about my father this week, because my father learned that you can't have both. You know, he was teaching me, uh, 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 he was teaching his son that he, God comes first. God comes first because all that other stuff is going to stay behind. It's going to be buried with you. But God's word will always stand forever and ever for the ages and the ages. It is God's word and God's promise that needs to become a priority. Come on, somebody. You know, many of us have family as a priority, jobs as a priority, student studies as a priority, financial security as a priority. Spending time as a priority or uh, uh, things that we do. And those are good things. Come on, how many, say, how many can say those are good things? They are good things unless they come in the way of God's will. Once they come in the way of the God's will, it becomes an obstacle to the will of God. It becomes an obstacle to the will of God. We need to submit to the will of God. And I come to tell you right now that we got to trust. And many of us have been saying, when God? This is what God was revealing to me at, at night. Tell my people that I hear them say, when? When are you going to do it for me? When are you going to do it for me, Lord? And God said to tell you, he knows the plans that he has for you. He's working it out for your favor and for your good. Somebody ought to say amen for that. That he wants to give you hope in the future. Others are screaming out, God, when? And we all have a when. Give me, give me, give me, God. When? When will my family be saved? When? When, Pastor? I've been praying and praying. When is, when is my father going to come to the Lord? When is my mom going to come to the Lord? When? And the Lord said, tell them Acts 16.31, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with everybody in your household. Believe in the Lord. So that tells me that you are responsible for your dad and your mom and your children and all your cousins. Maybe if you serve him with all your heart. Maybe if you seek him with all your heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You and your, it's a promise that you and your life and your household will be saved. Oh, I'm telling somebody that your, the, the cousin's life depends, your worship depends on, on your mom being saved. Your spiritual life here in church. It's not only for yourself, it's for the people around you. Oh, you, you got, you're not understanding that. Your irresponsibility is killing people. 
your lack of priority destroying people amen the lack of passion is killing people around you amen you got to understand that if you serve me he says i will take care of the rest you don't have to worry about, you don't need a when you need a i'm coming amen you gotta believe you don't need a when you gotta submit come on somebody when are you gonna do it god say if you if you if you serve me if you seek me if and we say when 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 god when when he told me tell him tell him they keep telling me he told me they keep telling me when 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 am i when am i gonna win the battle when i'm gonna win this battle i've been fighting i've been fighting lord yeah i've been passionate i've been fighting he said tell them second chronicles chapter 20 15 be not afraid or dismay at this great multitude for the battle is not your battle the battle is the Lord's battle I come to tell you that the Lord told me to tell you amen maybe you haven't felt that you won the battle because you've been fighting a battle that you shouldn't be fighting come on maybe if you move out the way and trust God and believe in God amen he will give you the victory that you so desire get out of God's way stop fighting don't tell me when are you gonna win it I just expect hallelujah becoming a more than a conqueror because God has promised and declared it over your life maybe the reason you haven't won is because you're fighting a battle that you shouldn't be fighting when will he say they tell me when will when because I don't understand God I when I don't understand how many been there I don't understand how he's sick I don't understand how this happened to me I don't understand why they fire me you don't need to understand you need to trust in his plans so he told me to tell you in Proverbs 3, 5. Tell, mention this to them because many don't, many don't read the word. Mention to them Proverbs 3, 5. It says, trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Here we go again. With all your heart and, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Come on. How many know that God direct my path? I but I got to give him my whole heart. No, I don't understand. Isaiah 55, he said, mentioned Isaiah 55, 8. He said, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. You understand God right now? That's why you need to submit because when you submit, God begins to reveal you the supernatural that your mind don't understand. But he gives you revelation of the supernatural so to give you the victory in that direction that you need. So he says in Isaiah 55, 8, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither your ways, my way, declares the Lord. So it's, it's not your way. It's his way. But how are you going to understand his way if you're not submitting? How are you going to understand his ways if you don't love him with all your heart? How, you don't, how are you going to understand the path that God has uh, have opened for you and you will never see it in the, in the natural realm? You have to see it in the spiritual realm. And the spiritual realm requires sacrifice. Then when everybody's in the beach, you're at church. Should I say it again? You want, the, you want God to direct your path when everybody's doing something else? You at church seeking the presence of God, seeking guidance. God, talk to me. Talk to me because I can't, you, can't, you can't do it alone. Talk to me. Show me. Show me. Oh, I don't think like you, says the Lord. When would I be healed? Come on, how many can lift their hands? He said, I hear people crying out in these last days. When will I be healed, Lord? When, when, will, when will healing come? He said, tell them, tell them that James 5, 14, 16, say, in any, if any are sick, 
amongst you. Listen to this. Look at, look at the revelation the Lord gave me. If any are sick amongst you, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. Look what it says. That if you're sick, it doesn't, it doesn't say go to tradition hospital. It doesn't say go to urgent care. He said make a phone call to an anointed deacon in your church. Talk to somebody in your church, a CC pastor, so they can lay it. Now pray over the phone. They can go to your house and lay hands on you. Come on, somebody. It says they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. May, we've been asking for the supernatural in this church. Maybe God hasn't, hasn't healed people in this church because people don't know what they, they're, they're not doing what they're supposed to do in this church. Maybe God's not healing people because the elders in the church don't know how to pray. And don't know how to exercise their spiritual gift. Come on, somebody. And people got to go elsewhere to get their miracles. How about we, we align ourselves to the will of God? How about every leader, every, uh, every deacon, every, every, every CC pastor, every worshiper in this church, every hallelujah, every hallelujah usher, every hallelujah, every greeter is anointed. I'm, I'm activating the church right now. He said, if the, get the church to pray upon people. You don't need the pastor to lay hands on you. You got to lay hands on the brother. You don't need, hallelujah, sister Mara to, to pray over you. You lay hands on the sick. Come on, come on. I'm prophesizing an authority over your life. I'm declaring that God will use you in a mighty way. And the prayer of the, and the prayer, a prayer of faith shall save and heal the sick. Not only sick, not only heal them, but save them. I wonder how many people have left the church sick because you don't know what to do in this church. Fear of allowing God to use us have paralyzed the move of God in the church. Fear of what they're going to say have paralyzed their church. Man, I don't care who, who don't like me. I don't care who says I don't qualify. God will qualify the unqualified. You don't need, you don't need an endorsement from nobody. You need the Holy Spirit. You don't need somebody to validate you. The Spirit of the Lord did it already. He said, if you pray, you shall, you shall, you shall, you shall. It doesn't say the pastor. It said you have authority to lay hands on the sick. And they shall recover. Not let's see if they recover. They shall recover. Come on, call on the church. When? And God told me, and I'm ending. I'm, 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 I'm landing the sermon. I said this in the Spanish. My, my wife, when I'm talking to her and telling her the story, she said, land the plane. And I, I, I'm like, there's more details to this story. I don't want to hear it. Land the plane. So I'm saying it now because she traumatized me. Land the sermon. <laughs> land the sermon. I don't, know if her, I don't know if she's telling me that or the Holy Spirit is saying, land the sermon. Come on, somebody. Somebody's telling me, land the sermon. So God told me, when? We, we say, when? When? God told me to tell you not to worry about your wins. That you should be more concerned not on your wins, but on his coming. He was telling me, tell my church, listen to me, and I don't, 
y'all know me, like eight years in this church, I don't be saying that God told me unless he told me. He was, it was heavy in my spirit. He's telling me, tell my church, I hear your wins. But it's, it's gone beyond your wins. It's more, more important is my coming than your wins. Because I just said right now that your wins are covered. You're sick, lay hands and they shall recover. You, all this stuff that I mentioned that God already guaranteed and will give you. So don't focus on them. Release yourself and trust the Lord. But focus now on my second coming because I see the angel with the trumpet already. And the trumpet is about to sound. Are you ready to, be go, to go with the Lord? It's the question. That's why he told me to tell you. He told me to tell you, when are you going to stop playing church? I wrote it down. He told me, when are you going to, to fully live for Christ? When are you going to totally submit to his will? When are you going to totally grow up spiritually? When will you give your whole heart and time to the Lord? The Bible says, in, he told me to tell you, in 1 Corinthians 15, 52, I said it, in a moment, in a twinkle of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised in incorruptible, and we shall be changed. In a twinkling of an eye, it says that we can be sitting, sitting right here, right now, worshiping, and the rapture can come. You're not, you, you, you guys don't fear that? You don't fear that if you, you come on, close your eyes for a minute. Y'all know right now, think about it. Be honest with yourself. If the Lord was to come right now, are you ready? Just because you came to church doesn't mean you're ready. Just because you came on a Sunday doesn't mean you're ready. What are you doing in your secret place? What are you doing with your life? What report will you have in heaven of your actions? What will be said about you? Are you ready? Are you really, or you wasted years? Doing church, but not living church. Think about that. If you if you close your eyes and you know, come on, be real, be transparent. You should be. You should fear God right now, because there's two places you're gonna go. And I know that people don't say this a lot. There's heaven and hell. And if your name is not up there, you're going to another place. And there's no if, buts, or give me a second chance. Your chance is now. Your chance is now. That's why you got to do what you got to do now. You got to live holy now. You got to sanctify, sanctify yourself now. You got to separate yourself now because tomorrow is not promised. You don't know. You don't know. That's why right now, knowing what's happening in the world and knowing that the prophecy has come to fulfillment, we should all be in the, man, when, when we open the church on Sunday, I'm looking at the hours of people just walking in madly. I wonder if you're going to be able to walk in. To, you know what? When the art. When the art. Some people came late. And it wasn't, it wasn't Noah that closed the art. It was God himself that closed it. And left them out because they came late. They realized that everything that we've been saying was true. But it's too late. Are you going to wait for the late moment? Or are you going to do it now? That the door of grace is open. I said it before, stop abusing grace. Stop playing around with God. Come on, there's no, there's no game. You can, you can go to a church packed with thousands of people and they all might get lost. The Bible says that it will be like the, the sand of the sea. And many will be healing people. Many will be rebuking demons. And God said, I don't know you. I don't know who you are. Don't play with God. Come on, come on, come on, come on. This is real. Touch your neighbor. Tell him this is real. This is real. It's not a game. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 24, 40, 
Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two can be in the church and one can be left behind. And I know Pastor Jose spoke about left behind, but I'm talking about the real left behind. Matthew also says 24, 35, 36, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. So the most important thing for you to, to, to dwell on and to live by and to be passionate about more than your career, more than your dreams, more than your plans, more than your vacation, more than everything. That's good to do all that. But you have to, God is going to examine your heart. If, if, if any of those things supersedes God, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. God needs to be first in your life. Because everything else will pass away, but his word will not pass away. Stand to your feet with me today. The Bible says, but about the day of the hour that no one knows, the day or the hour of the second coming of the Lord. He says, not even the angels in heaven know his second coming or his son, Jesus. Only God knows his second coming. Only God knows. Only God knows. And this is why he wants me to, you, for you to leave understanding this. Listen to me. This is how, this, listen to me how serious this is. Listen to me. This, this, your, your children depend on this. Everybody depends on this. Your life depends on this. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 10. Listen to me. Take this serious, man. Please, please. I don't know. It was so heavy this whole week in my heart. God's saying we're wasting time. And I'm looking down and I'm seeing my church, man. We lost. We're so far away from the will of God. And you know it. You know it. Don't lie to yourself. You know that you're far away. Far away. You love this, but you're sitting in the window and you have half of your life outside and the half inside. You're choosing. You don't know what, what's more profitable for you. What's more important? We're divided. We're struggling to fit in. And God said, you're never going to fit in. If you're really in my will, you can't fit in. And it says, for, for, we will, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. So that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in this body, whether good or bad. So the Lord is saying that we will be before a judgment seat. Say with me, judgment seat. So, so you don't have no excuse there. No one said this to me. Judgment seat. So it's not just coming to church and living, you know, and, and, and doing ministry. It's that we will be held accountable for what we did, whether good or bad, before the Lord. Can you imagine? Come on. You all know. You all know that, man, I got gifts that I haven't, I haven't activated. I've been lazy to church. I've been, I, I, I negotiate what's more important right now. You know what? This is more important. I'll come back next week. Or, or, or I could be out of the presence of God for a month and don't even care. You know. But we will be before the Lord and he will, he will question that. Hebrews 9, 27 says, for as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment. We don't preach this no more. You die tomorrow, you expect to be before the throne of God. 
for every word to be measured for what you did, good or bad. As a matter of fact, it says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, 15, I'm, I'm landing. Work hard so you can present yourself. Work hard. Work hard so you can present yourself. Say with me, present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. Work hard, diligent, passionate with the first love. God, here I am. Where do you need me? I'm your servant. I want to live for you. And I tell you as a testimony that everything that you desire, without even pursuing it, will come to you. Will just fall in your lap. <laughs> you don't even have to ask for it. God just gives it to you. I'm a testimony of that. Amen. God just gives it to you. God would open doors that you didn't even pray for. Amen. All he says is align yourself. Seek me. Seek my will. Don't worry about the when. I got your back. I fight your battle. I'm the healer. Amen. I'm the savior. I got your family covered. I got your children covered. Just pursue me. Seek me with all your heart. Amen. Seek my will and I will be there for you. As I wrote this, don't let life create a conflict between you. Don't let the world life create a conflict between you and the will of God. There's a battle right now in your life for the will of God or the world. Which side are you going to be in? I remember when Moses got fed up with the inconsistency of the people. And the Lord put in his spirit and told him, choose a side which side you will you stand and those who stand against wickedness and evilness the world the, the earth swallow them that's in the bible that's in the bible in exodus that's in the bible I ask you which side will you stand will you stand in the will of God or your own purpose and your own will you want to be blessed you want to be prospered seek God your business will grow. Be faithful to God and your children will be blessed. Be faithful to God and the doors will be open that you didn't even call for them to be open. Be faithful. Don't worry about the wind. Worry about his coming. If God spoke to you, I said this in the Spanish service tonight, be honest because we got all work to do. Raise both hands. Be transparent. Don't worry about who's looking. If God spoke to you tonight and you got some wrong priorities and you thought it was the will of God and God is, is, is challenging you tonight, lift both hands. I see, I see some hands. I know more hands got to be lifted. There it is. There it is. Come on. Those who are watching online and you've been out of the will of God and you know it because when you're out of the will of God, everything you touch does not prosper. You out of you, you hit brick walls. Amen. You, you are, are always in depression. Nothing works. Amen. Only when you flow in the will of God, instantly things happen. You don't have to fight nothing. You just step in it and be blessed. Amen. That's where I want you to be tonight. I want God to convict you tonight. I said, God, convict your people. God, re-save your people. God, hallelujah, bring them back to the will of God. God, bring them back to your love. God, open up their eyes to understand that you're coming. You're coming soon. Amen. Ignite a fire in this church, God, that we can be holy.
What do you need to let go of? What do you need to let go of is the question. Ask yourself, you know. The crazy thing about this day, you know. <laughs> Ain't no revelation, no, uh, um, you know, a prophet. God says the Lord, you're going through, you know. When a prophet speaks to you, he's confirming what you know. That's why you be like, oh, hallelujah. Oh, are you crying? Are you bawling? Because, oh, how he knows. Because you know. How he knows what you know. How he knows what you know. So don't wait for a prophet. Get convicted yourself right now. Get convicted yourself. You know, prophesy to yourself. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. I don't need TDJ to come here. Get ready, get ready, get ready. And tell me, get ready. You got to get ready yourself tonight. Will you get ready? Will you be anointed tonight? Will you turn your life around? Will you reignite the fire, the passion? Come on, will you? Stop chasing prophet and chase his will. Stop chasing other worshipers and start worshiping yourself. I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming after you. I'm coming after you. He's coming after you. He's coming after you with his word. Stop desiring other people's gifts. Wake up yours. Stop desiring other people's gift. Just wake up your gift. He's speaking. He's speaking. He's speaking to somebody here. He's speaking to somebody right here in this church. Right now. Right now. You want victory? Wake up. Wake up. I feel the fire, I feel the fire. I feel the presence of God. Hallelujah. That's the only clap that you have for the Holy Spirit. You better do something better than that. He's asking for radical praise. He's asking for overtime. He's asking for commitment. He's asking for... I, I, leave your presence God until you don't bless me I can't leave and somebody doesn't want to encourage me encourage yourself like David did encourage yourself encourage the praise let me pray let me pray Father God I pray for those who have run away from your presence I pray for those who have backslide I pray for those who have been playing church in the church, in my church, the church that you have me overseeing, God. I pray for an awakening in the body of Christ. I pray for, for passion again. I pray for, for true love. One, one thing that I've been praying for the Lord, and I say, God, let me come up here. I don't want feedback been praying for the Lord. I want my church. God, you you promised me this church for many years as I was a, I was a kid. 
and I envisioned it and I could see it and it was a, a church of revival. But for many years as I was a young kid, I was seeing what's happening here, but I saw it at a, at a different level. And I cried to the Lord and I said, God, I don't see my church there. Is it a mistake? Did you really show me this? I'm talking about at 18 and 19. You know what I used to see? The church that I was pastoring in the altar before the service. Like 30 minutes before the service, I, I, was, I used to see people crying out, laying in the presence of God, falling out in the presence of God, yearning for more. And then when the service ignited, it was so unstoppable. It was so crazy. The multitude, because of the, because of the miracles and the wonders, and the only way to, 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 for that to be released in this church, and we can't fake it till we make it. God doesn't want fake. God is looking for true, true worshipers. When will you cry again? In the presence of God, not of sadness, but of joy, of reverence, of his holiness. When will you see God for who he is? When will that time come that you won't be drinking milk anymore? That we don't have to repeat the same thing over. When will the church arise? Will they arise after the rapture? Or they will, will they arrive now? Arise now. I'm asking God, help me. Help me. Because I don't see myself passing a dead church. I just don't see it. So just like your life depends on your worship and your life depends on other people being saved, your praise and your worship, your commitment depends on me being a pastor of this church. Because I refuse to pastor a dead church. I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to pastor a church that does not know how to worship, praise God, and be consistent. I'm not. I'm, I'm being transparent right now. I'm not. I'm not because I don't see myself there because, because my spirit grieves. And, I, and the Bible says that don't, don't let your pastors do what they do with joy. And don't be a burden to your pastor. And I said this before. If you, the greatest gift you can give your pastor is coming and worshiping together in the presence of God. Because the pastor see that his messages and, and, the, and his sacrifices are not in vain because they see you grow. They see you, they see you rise. They see you become a prophet. They see you become an evangelist and saving other people. They, they, that's, what, that's the gratification to see, you, to see you exercise your gift. But why would it matter to me to be here and you don't change? You don't grow. You don't have, you don't, you, you minimize God in your own church. But you glorify him in every other church. I'm sorry. I told God, man, the salvation is individual. And I'm not going to get lost because other people force me to be distracted because of their inconsistency. The Bible said, guard your heart. I'm guarding mine. I'm going to submit and be obedient until God tells me otherwise. But I'm asking for a church that can enter into a new realm of the supernatural. And the only way to do that is to be holy, sanctified, committed, and not fluctuate.
It requires consistency. Consistency. That's why Elijah said, I won't leave you. I will follow you until God takes you. Consistency. because we're not going to close tonight. I feel the presence of God here. He's talking to some people here. I don't want to offend you. I want to restore you. I want you to be restored. I want you to come back to the first love because it's, it is the first love that love, that passion, that, that will help you. Help you exercise the gifts of the Lord in your life. No other way. No other way. There's too much promises over this church. Don't let your inconsistency hold it down. I think, it was, who was it that came here and said, one person can stop, can slow down what God wants to release over a house because of the disobedient spirit. Let's unite. Let's care. Let's care about the people that spend hours working on a sermon, hours practicing. Let's care about the ushers that come in at 3 o'clock and the people that come in at 2 to put the sound and everything. Let's care about them. And I just say anything that comes our way, we like, oh, whatever. I'll miss it today. No. United we stand. United we stand. I decree and I declare that right now. United we stand. Can anybody stand with me today? United we stand. In victory. We're going to shake poor St. Lucie. It's growing with new houses. That means new lives. Opportunity to save other people. God is bringing the harvest. And he needs you to be part of it. Are you ready, church? Are you ready for revival? Come on, give him a spiritual sound right now. If you believe that tonight, say, I'm ready, Pastor. I'm ready, Pastor. Come on. I'm ready, Pastor. I'm ready. Send me, Lord. Send me, Lord, to the Lord. Send me, God. I'm ready, God. I'm ready. Send me, Lord.